let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I promised on Facebook that we would have a super easy, quick game to get us started today. And so here it is. Are you ready? Which of these fruit is an apple? Pretty easy. Boys and girls, get up to the screen. Point on the one that is the fruit that you think is an apple. Really easy. Well done. Now, which of these birds is a magpie? Hmm. Maybe you've seen some around. I've seen some around the manse. Which one is the magpie? Good pecking. Now, if you've been listening, you'll know the answer to this. What sauce do I prefer to have on my sandwiches? Which one do I prefer? Quick, quick, pick the right one. It's HP sauce. Yes, that's what I prefer. Which of these dogs is my dog, Hector? Oh, are you going to be able to pick the right one? What one's it going to be? It's a bit harder, this one. The right answer is... Well done, if you picked the right picture. Okay, final question. And this one is hard. Which of these people is a Christian? I'm going to give you 30 seconds to think or talk about that at home. So over to you. Well, that was a bit harder, wasn't it? The answer is... I don't know. I don't know which of those people is a Christian or not. Because I simply got their pictures from the internet. But my point is this. Looking at these people, we can't tell by them standing there who is and who is not a Christian. So how can we tell? Is it even possible? Well, what things would you include on a list if you were trying to figure out if someone was a Christian? Would it be goes to church, reads the Bible, doesn't say bad things, knows the Lord's Prayer, is loving? But what if none of those things is what makes someone a Christian? There was once a man called John Wesley. He lived a long time ago in the 1700s. When John had finished school, he went to university to study there and became a minister like me. With his brother Charles, John formed a group of friends who made a promise to read the Bible, pray fast and help other people. John and his brother even went all the way to America not in an aeroplane, but in a boat as missionaries 
for a while in 1735. But even though they did all this, neither John nor his brother Charles ever felt sure that they were a Christian. In his own words, John later said, at that time they had a fair summer religion. And about their trip to America, he said, I went to America to convert the Indians, but who, oh who shall convert me? You see, it's possible to be a very good person, yet not be a Christian. It's possible to do all the external things a Christian should do, like read your Bible, go to church, pray, even be a minister, but still not be a Christian. That was the experience of John and Charles Wesley, and it's the experience of many other people over the years. So is it possible to know for sure if you are a Christian? I'll give you another 30 seconds just now to think or talk about that at home. There's a lot in today's psalm and we'll get to more of it on our Tuesday evening sermon. So join us then if you're able or catch it later in the week as a recording. But this morning, I'd like to focus on a few verses, starting with verse 4. But with you, there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you. The psalmist speaks about forgiveness because he's aware that he needs forgiveness. In verse 3 he said, If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? So he wants forgiveness. He knows he needs forgiveness for his sins, the wrong things he has done. Then in verse 1 he said, Out of the depths I cried to you, Lord. Maybe he feels like, there's a, there's a distance between God and himself. Maybe God feels far away. Maybe he feels like his relationship with God is, is broken. That's possibly why he uses two different names of God. Lord, which in English we have in capitals, meaning Yahweh, which is the covenant name of God. But also Lord with just the capital L in English, meaning Master or king. But both are about relationship, a, a good relationship, one of trust, reverence and love. Yet the psalmist knows this relationship is broken because of his sin. And so now there is distance between himself and God. Nevertheless, he knows something else. He knows that Yahweh the Lord, his king, is a forgiving God. That with Yahweh is forgiveness. That forgiveness is, is part of his character and God has the authority to forgive. 
So the psalmist waits on the Lord. He, he puts his hope in God's promise to forgive. Maybe, maybe the psalmist is thinking of Isaiah chapter 1, where the Lord said, Come now, let us settle the matter. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. The psalmist knows that the Lord is willing to forgive, but also that out of this forgiveness will arise, even must arise, reverence. A reverence that leads to serving the Lord. Other translations speak of forgiveness leading to a healthy fear of the Lord, a fear where we submit to God as our King, giving him his place in our lives. I talked about this at the end of last week's message of, of having a faith where God's word shapes our lives, shapes our hearts and changes us from the inside out. But for that to happen, we must first receive the forgiveness of God and bend the knee to our Lord, allowing him to be king of our lives once more, maybe even for the first time. The great preacher of the 19th century, Charles Spurgeon, said this, None fear the Lord like those who have experienced his forgiving love. So if we come back to, to those four individuals, which one is a Christian? We don't know. Not even by their outside behaviour. And that's because what's most important is what's in your heart. Do you know the forgiveness of God for yourself? You might not know when you first received it, but a Christian should know in here, in their heart, that they have received the forgiveness of God. And this forgiveness should shape their lives such that out of reverence, out of a holy fear, they give their lives in service to God where there is no reverence, where there is no holy fear, where life is largely lived according to your standards and God's ways are far from your thinking and your will, well, if that's you, then I worry you may have what John Wesley spoke of, a fair-weather religion. And truly that form of religion doesn't make you right with God. I'd worry that you haven't really experienced his forgiveness because with forgiveness, as the psalmist says, comes reverence and service. A few years after John Wesley came home from America, he still felt much the same as in 1735. He did not know the grace and peace of God but on the 24th of May, 1738, he, he heard today's psalm in an afternoon church service before going to a Christian meeting that night. He later wrote in his journal a now famous account of how he came to faith. He said, in the evening, I went very unwillingly to a meeting in Aldersgate Street where someone was reading from Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans. At about a quarter before nine, 
While he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ. Christ alone for salvation and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. In the years after his return from America, it took John Wesley some time to see that it's not Christ and good works which secure our forgiveness, but Christ alone resulting in good works. Many of you listening are Christians. So what is there for you today? Well, I think we always need to be asking ourselves, are we convinced and resolute on this? Or have we become lukewarm and apathetic about the forgiveness we have through Jesus? Because to remove the absolute eternal need of forgiveness for everyone, or to play down the death of Jesus on the cross, is to gut the Bible and the Christian faith of all substance. Also, such was the impact on John Wesley that he travelled some 250,000 miles on horseback to give over 40,000 sermons about God and his steadfast love shown in Jesus Christ. How is God's forgiveness impacting us? How is that being shown in our lives? I also hope today there are others listening in. Folks who know they are not a Christian, you're maybe watching for the first time or after some time away from church and this is your way of exploring things again. There might be others who have fulfilled all religious duty like the young John Wesley, but you know that the forgiveness of God has not touched your heart. You lack reverence for God. God is not your king. He's not Lord of your life if you're brutally honest. And there may be either in either of those groups and others beside people who, who do not feel at peace with God. You feel there's a distance, maybe because of your sin. And for any and all of these people, the forgiving love of Jesus may well be unknown to you. So why not today? Bend the knee to Jesus. Admit your sin and come into his embrace. It's in that place you can come to know the hope, the peace, the freedom that the people of God have experienced whenever they have put their hope in the promises of God. If that is something you would like to do, then let's do it just now. Why wait? And so I invite you to repeat the words of this prayer with me. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've done wrong in my life and I name these before you now. Please forgive me, Jesus. I now turn 
from everything I know is wrong and I allow you to be king over my life. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit to help me serve you. I now receive these gifts. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Friends, if you've prayed that for the first time, or if you know that this has brought some change for you today, then please tell someone. It's a truly important step when we receive the forgiveness of God to tell someone else. So get in touch with someone. Get in touch with me if you'd like. I'd love to hear that you've taken the step. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen.